Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Saint Happy Hour podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. (laughs) (laughs) They'd get his... (laughs) I don't even have a joke, Dave! (laughs) Dave Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by Third Wave Water. Do you ever wonder why the coffee you make at home never tastes as good as the coffee you buy at the coffee shop? Well, here's the secret. Coffee shops spend thousands of dollars to make the perfect water for making coffee. And now for as little as 10 cents a cup, you can duplicate the magic at home. Third Wave Water has a patent-pending formula of minerals that when added to a gallon of distilled water... Makes coffee brewing magic. Recently at the U.S. Brewers Cup Championship, the first and second place finishers brewed their coffee with Third Wave Water. Check out their website at thirdwavewater.com. Use the promo code SAINTS for 10% off your first order. And guys, if you're thinking about buying, buy this week because this is the last week of their month trial sponsorship. So go there, use the code SAINTS, 10% off. Buy yourself some third wave water and tell them that you love the Saints Happy Hour podcast and they should re-up for the whole rest of the football season. Go to thirdwavewater.com. They're awesome. They support us, so you should support them. Uh, It was glorious Sunday, Uh, Andrew. It was fucking – I think you texted me that it was Saints erotica. It was. It literally – couldn't have gone any better. They benched Cam Newton in the last four minutes. Waving the white flag. Waved the white flag. Said no moss. Andrew, I don't even know where to fucking start. Why don't you <laughs> kick it off for us? Yeah, I mean, it was vintage Sean Payton, vintage Saints. Um, you know, obviously the defense was the main thing that I, I think we didn't expect. And, and obviously, when they play like that, uh, the Saints have a chance to beat anyone. But I, but I think when you look at the statue, you know, the reason I say it's vintage, I mean, you look at you know, Michael Thomas, especially early in the game, had a lot of touches, and you know, he, he certainly had the most stats. But if you look at the rushing, I mean, very balanced. Kamara had, Kamara had the big run, but Ingram was kind of the bell cow, but Peterson contributed. And they had a couple end rounds with Tommy Lee and, and with uh, Ginn that worked. And then, you know, if you look at the stat sheet with receivers, after Thomas, it was just littered with everybody having two or three catches and, and contributing. And Ginn had the big touchdown, and Coleman had a touchdown, and Fleener had a big catch. So uh, that's, you know, that's how the Saints operate. You know, no one necessarily has huge stats, but they spread the ball around, and uh, they get the mismatches, and they hurt you in different ways, and they keep you guessing. And so... Uh, when the offense is playing like that, they're tough to beat. Dave, uh, obviously the Saints surprised the shit out of everybody. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, right. I mean, at the beginning, oh, yeah. at the beginning of the game, it's even though the Saints they went down. You know, Carolina had a field goal. Cam Jordan sort of saved them, got the sack, and the Saints went down and scored. But Carolina went down and drove and and, and drove down the length of the field again. And Ken Crawley made a nice tackle, and it was seven to six. But it was kind of like, eh, it's the same old thing. Defense is sucking, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, and then it just turned, and the Saints basically stomped their ass in for the next three quarters, except for one drive. I mean, 
Um, why, why the fuck hasn't Ken Crawley been playing? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, isn't it, isn't isn't it funny too that they play their best game when they don't even have Lattimore? <laughs> this, this is like you know we could. I I don't, I don't believe this, of course, but um, you know, remember when? Uh, remember when it used to be Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas? And like Aaron Stecker or whatever, and, and Bush would get injured, and they'd be like, "See, it's better when Bush is is not playing." <laughs> yeah, uh, so the 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 nice guys at Black and Gold. One of them had a uh, the Saints are going to play good defense because it's going to be the, the, the they're going to pres- they're going to play the Netflix defense that Cam Cam Newton is going to have so many options to throw to, he's going to be overwhelmed and confused and not know <laughs> what to do. You know, it's like Netflix; you have six thousand choices, and you don't and you and you can't make up your mind. Um. Hmm. Well, but anyway, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Didn't didn't I say that like last week or that were week one or whatever? I you know I said if there was one guy that I'd like, you know, I think you asked if there was one guy that they that could just that they would just give a chance to, uh, and I said Ken Crawley, and we all agreed, of course, and uh, so I'm glad to see they give him a chance. But you know, I, I think the Saints they they got lucky. Uh, in certain ways. I mean, obviously Greg Olson wasn't playing and I think Cam Newton, who, you know, he was listed as questionable and, uh, he was obviously he, dealing, he did not look right. Yeah. He was obviously dealing with something. And, uh, and then during the game, the Panthers lose Thomas Davis, who is that's, that's huge for them Benjamin, on defense. Benjamin. Uh, and then they lose Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, the, and their best guard, Trey Turner, along with yeah. the, the guy, the, uh, the other, I think either the center, one of the Khalils was out, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, but honestly, I mean, ask me if Saints, I give a shit no, though, Dave, ask me if I give a shit. The, <laughs> the Saints are missing two offensive linemen. Yeah. They're missing <laughs> Willie Sneed. They're missing three right. of their top, top four corners. So I mean, I get it's, it. not like, it's not like every team in the league isn't dealing with this. I hear you. I hear you. But but I, I, uh, I but anyway. So so they also I got lucky. But you know, look turnovers. The the Marcus Williams interception. I mean, that was that was just a play. I mean, is that, that the you, best you, Saints that was, interception? That, the that might be the best Saints interception I've ever seen. As not as like significance, but as like just. The catch itself—that shit was amazing. Yeah. Well, and I'm. You know what? Top of my head, I remember Will Herring. Remember that interception he had in the end zone against the Giants? Oh yeah, yeah. that was sick. He was but like yeah. kind of like diving backwards, wasn't he? Yeah. He but was that, like falling yeah. backwards. Yes, but th- this was on par with that. I totally uh, forgot about that. Interception. Well, and and going, but and then also going back to you know getting some good breaks. I mean, Luke Keekley should have intercepted that ball i mean that uh, thing was that was thrown. that was six and it was 24 to right. 13 at that point right that that, yeah. that would have been a game changer um so you know and and, and that's just the nature of of football um but uh you got to get lucky certain times and that's that's vintage saints too i mean that's that was the kind of stuff that that happened in 2009 you know it was just the ball CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ball more often than not bounce their way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, the main thing I, I would say is that this is once again proof to me. I mean, you look at you look at the stats that Bree, win or lose. You know, Breeze kind of always consistently puts up 
great stats. When when Cam Newton loses main main playmakers and his offensive line gets banged up and he starts to get hit, like th- this is how he plays. Like, I've seen this before, where when he he starts to, when he's got all his weapons and his offensive line is healthy and he's feeling good, you know, he he's an MVP caliber player. But when you start to strip away the offense and they get banged up and he gets banged up from the hits he's taking, I mean, I I, I think he's awful and and. You compare that to Breeze when this stuff happens to Breeze, and he's just rock solid. And, you know, it's just the reality that I, I just feel like you put Cam Newton, you pair Cam Newton with the Saints defense and his career. Like, if, if, he, if he was drafted by the Saints and he's played up until now with this Saints defense, he would no longer be in the league. He, his career would be over. That's, that's how bad he would be with the Saints defense and Breeze just keeps chugging along and I, to me that's once again clear evidence of just how much better Breeze is and how unfair it is that he's had to be stuck with this defense that has held him back the, for so long. The thing that was quietly amazing and I mentioned it in my column is Breeze only threw for 220 yards and if you take out the, the, the 40 yard pass to Ginn he threw, he was like 21 to 28 for 180 yards and two touchdowns. That's like game manager quarterback, and, and I'm not knocking it. That's 2009. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it's, it was, it's nice when you have a running game. Yeah. Um, Wait, I have one other, I have one on. other, the Saints, you know, the Saints got lucky um, because uh, Ted Ginn decided to catch the ball. <laughs> Actually, Ted Ginn. He struggles with easy catch. Like if he'd have been like wide open, yeah, right. no, nobody's within That's five. Right. Like the the catch where like two guys are bearing down on him and he has to adjust his body. <laughs> like he'll make that catch. It's the catch right, where like yeah, he's yeah. beating the two guys down the seam and there's nobody within it. The, the there's same barrier code. Twenty yards, right? Yeah, right. like when he has to think about it, he's like, "Oh my god, am I gonna catch it? Am I gonna catch it? Nope, I'm dropping it." Um, <sighs> it's the weirdest thing. I was talking to a Panthers blogger so in the off season about this, and I'm like. So, you know, if he struggles with catching the ball, the deep ball, like, he, he must be a disaster. Like, he must have ball security issues in the return game, right? And the Panthers blogger was like, no, it's the weirdest thing. Like, he has no problem with the punt return game. Like, he catches it, no problem. He never drops it. Uh, he, and and the, this blogger was just telling me how solid he is with ball security in, in the return game. But it's just like, for some reason, like, it's just, just tracking the deep ball. I don't know. He just sometimes yeah. he struggles with it. Um, the Saints, uh, they they held Cam Newton to a forty three quarterback rating. The thing that was that was most interesting to me um, was Andrew. You know, we talked about we we talked about the preseason, and then the Saints came out and they got destroyed the first two weeks. Everybody's like, the preseason is a fraud. See, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. Never believe the preseason. But me and you were talking earlier today, and I think the point was, you know, maybe the preseason wasn't a fraud because with the Saints, those three teams they played in the, in the in the preseason, what did they all have in common? Their offensive lines were either shitty or injured. And the Saints kicked their ass. What did and the, the quarterback. Yeah. The quarterback. They were either backups or just real yeah. spotty starters. That too. But the, the offensive lines were shitty. And yeah. Carolina's offensive line, not too good, and it was injured. The Saints, the Saints kicked its ass. Yeah. So the, the point that, that me and you were, were, were kicking back and forth is maybe when the Saints play crappy offensive lines, they're going to have a pass rush because their pass rush has moved from terrible to average. And it, it's not that great, but it feels like the, the, the Dome Patrol because we're so used to not having it. Yeah, I mean, they have seven sacks now. I mean, they, four came from that one game. But even before, I mean, they had three sacks in two games. They had a couple against the Patriots and one against uh, one against uh, the Vikings. But, you know, I, I think you look at the quarterbacks. I mean, you look at Brady, you look at Bradford. I mean, those are guys, and certainly they'll see this again with Matt Ryan when they play him twice. But, you know, they're known for getting the ball out. They're, they're high-efficiency, accurate quarterbacks that get the ball out very quickly. And Cam Newton is not one of those players. You know, he's a guy that likes to let the play develop, and a lot of times he likes to hold on to it and escape the pocket and make plays. So you have opportunities to get hits on him. And I think when his offensive line is banged up, it just exacerbates it and exposes him even more. So you know, the more you can play quarterbacks like that in general, I think the more you're going to have opportunities to sack. Dave, 
Is Kenny Vaccaro is he is he gonna like start being good now? Oh god! Did the intercept did the interception and the good the second half jumpstart him. I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you though that that play where um where he the Panthers guy caught it and hit the ground and Vaccaro just barely his hand just barely grazed the receiver while he was on the ground the the guy got up and he finished out the play and they let him play it out but they, they wound up challenging it and winning the challenge because they saw on the replay that Vaccaro had just barely touched him but I don't understand why Vaccaro wasn't didn't just put his hands all over that guy he to me, he just dogged it on that play yeah uh, I, I I I was I I have a real problem with that it really bothers me it was, I, I can't know, get past that. It was, I don't know if it was dogging. It was really casual. Like, he was he, really he, certain that, like, yeah, he's down. I touched him. He's cool. Like, it was really, ca- it was really casual. I mean, he was just standing there. He, I yeah. mean, it was, I don't know. It, it was, re- <laughs> it was really, it was, it was, it was, it I was, thought that was, it was sketchy. really casual and really risky. But is he, do you think, I, do you think he'll be on a progression of not being traded? Mm. I mean, depends, depends on your definition of not trade. I mean, I, I think he's going to stay with the team the rest of the year. I, I don't, I don't, I still don't think they resign him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is he going to be on the team the whole the rest of the year? Yeah, I think they'll let him walk. Oh yeah, I, I think he'll finish out the year. But uh, yeah, you I don't mean, agree, Dave? Don't you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, the thing is, especially like if they turn the corner and if they get to, you know, if they get to, we'll talk to the, about the game later, but if they get to two and two and they're nominally in the playoff line, if, you know, at the deadline, I don't think they're moving them, you know, unless they're getting like a second round pick. And I don't think anybody's giving them a second round pick for Vicaro, no way. you know, no way. Um, so Vicaro, Vicaro would get back, you know, if, if Stefan Anthony's getting him a fifth, maybe they're getting a fourth for, Picaro. I think a t- I mean, I I mean get, maybe a third best case. Yeah, I mean, I think a t- a, if a team lost a safety and was desperate, like you say, maybe maybe a third, but nothing higher than that. Um, Dave, the offense looked good. Kamara, like, who who do you think? I mean, did did since they're getting they're gonna get Armstead back, they're gonna get Snead back. Does the performance against Carolina, does it make you think this offense has a lot of like a lot of growth potential and can be really, really good? Or was like yesterday kind of that's as good as it's going to be? And it's going to be pretty good. But like, how did how did yesterday and the returning players make you feel about the offense's potential? Well, I mean, I don't think they're going to be like really, really good. I mean, you know, we've seen some pretty amazing offenses over the last 10, 11 years with the Saints. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think what we've seen, you know, they, they got off to a slow start. They had two not good games. They have one good game now. They'll probably have another good game next week, hopefully, against uh, the Dolphins. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think it's going to be consistently inconsistent for most of the season. Uh, I think you're, what you're going to get is what you've been getting in recent years. They're going to be at the top, in the top five of the NFL rankings because they race their rankings on yardage, and they're going to pile up a whole bunch of yardage on offense. But some of that might be bullshit garbage time. Yeah, garbage coming from behind. You know, playing from behind all the time. So it might not necessarily be telling that they're actually a good offense. But you know, I, I think that's what you're going to have, Andrew. Where, where's this offense's potential? You think when Armstead and Snead's going to oh. be Snead's going to be back in London? Yeah, no, I, I think Armstead and Street. Don't forget Street. You know, I mean, I, their offensive line. I think can be much, much stronger. And offensive lines I mean, are. I, 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 hey, let's give them credit. I mean, that Carolina off defensive front is excellent, and and the way they blocked, um, the way they protected Breeze. You know, they bought him some time. You know, they they run blocked, and traditionally against the Panthers, I mean. I don't know if you remember games last year and in the years prior, but there have been times where the Saints have thrown every play and because they, they couldn't run on the Panthers at all. They crushed I mean, that, Carolina. That's, crushed yeah, them. I mean, that's about as successful as I've ever seen the Saints be on the ground against the Panthers. So, yeah. 
Um, you know, that, and, and, and forget Keekley. I mean, Keekley's a big part of it, but it's really, I mean, it's their defensive line. Yeah. It's brutal. And the Saints, so, the Saints whipped them. But one point I think yeah. I saw on Twitter that was really interesting, you know, the offensive line playing the NFL sucks balls. If you watch Seattle yesterday, their off- their offensive line is going to keep them from the playoffs. They have a bunch. The Cincinnati's. I mean, they played better, but their offensive line is. They have they have a, the Giants. Oh my God, their line is bad. But somebody made an interesting point on Twitter, Andrew, is that the Saints. You know, people can knock Pete and you can knock Ramchek, but the thing about them is, they <laughs> were the rare two offensive linemen that in college play, played in pro style offenses. Wisconsin still runs a pro style eye offense and Stanford runs a runs a power running pro offense and those guys the Saints didn't have to coach them from scratch and yeah people may knock Pete and Ramchek's a rookie but they held up pretty damn good and especially Ramchek like he's got a lot of growth potential I think which is a which is a a, a really good sign going forward um yeah Dave, uh, the Carolina, the Carolina game. The the what do you think is more sustainable, the turnovers or the sacks? Neither. <laughs> yeah, really. No. Uh, the answer no. is no. <laughs> uh, yeah, really and truly, to be honest with you, I don't think either is uh, is, is going to be. Sticking around for a long period of time, well, but I, mean, I guess, I, guess if I, had, like, I don't want to take anything pick one, away I guess from I'd the Saints. I don't want to take anything away from the Saints defense, but Cam Newton was awful. Yeah, he was. I mean, <laughs> awful. Yeah, but but I felt like the one thing I do felt I I felt like he was awful, and I felt like he missed like he, he missed three different throws where Ken Crawley got beat up the hash. Yeah, but the thing is, Andrew. On those throws. That's the thing. So, like, Crawley's not going to be covering Dave, Devin Funches yeah. running a go-route with Cam Newton throwing to but him. He, you know, that's not going to happen every week. But here's the thing that was positive to me. On those throws, even though Crawley got beat, the safety was in the right spot. So, Cam Newton couldn't just throw it to the middle of the field and have the guy catch it like a punt that happened against yeah. Minnesota and the New England. So, that was at least good. Like, the Saints, they kind of got some of their, like, mental fuck-ups cleaned up where yeah. like so the throw that cam newton had to make like it was 70 percent harder and he was injured well, I, so I he mean, couldn't make it kid, they're playing kids and i think one thing that you want to take away from this that i think is a real positive is, is you know obviously the kids are playing better i mean they're, you know they, they're playing a lot of kids and anzalone hendrickson uh, marcus williams i mean those are all guys that had plays in that game and so you're starting to see them maybe play a little bit better um, and I think that's what's so critical. You know, this defense is going to get better when the kids start playing better. Yeah, and it's not like, um, I mean, Sheldon Rankins, we think of him as we're like, oh, he's in year two and he's kind of quiet. Yesterday was his 11th start. Yeah. You know? He's um, still learning. On Yamada. Uh, so, I mean, the, the it would have been perfect yesterday if Atlanta had fucking lost, which I thought they did. I had it. It was, you know. Uh, they look. Yeah, they look good again. Real, that was a real kick in the nuts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so Dave, the the running game. Do you if do you think? How do I phrase this? You know what the Atlanta game was like this Sunday. It, it was like it was like the San Francisco 49ers playoff game against us. Like the, those final like two and a half minutes, <laughs> it was like it, it was all that wrapped into one play. Uh, it was, and the thing is, like Detroit, like I knew, like when he when they showed, I was like, "Fuck, he didn't get in, and they're gonna do the ten second runoff." God damn it! Uh, and it cost me a. It, not only did Atlanta uh, lose, but Golden Tate not getting that touchdown cost me a fantasy win. Like it was a double. Fucking whammy for me personally, and I hope everyone feels my pain. Um, Dave, I guess we've been at this for uh, three weeks now, and I don't look. I know you, the Saints started zero three last week last year, so you, so you, if you can't say, well, of course they're better than because last year they started zero three, but but last year at zero two, 
How did you feel about the Saints last year at 0-2 versus this year at 1-2? Cuz last year at 0-2, they lost two really nut punch games and this year they got blown out twice and they blew out Carolina. So 2016-2017, where are you feeling it? Who's who's better? Wait, now what 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 were those first three games last year? You they got were, a first, the first game was the the heart wrenching uh, two point play. Tim Crawley had to come in because oh, Oakland, the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders. Oakland. Oakland through the two point conversion. Yeah, and then game okay. two was like they kind of played awful the whole game, but but uh, the Giants kept them around until the Victor Cruz. Oh, the, the Giants. That was the black field goal. Okay, got, got it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I guess, I guess I feel better about this season. I mean, I, I honestly think that they're going to be a two and two. Uh, I mean, the Dolphins are in pretty bad they shape. Have to. Yeah, have we'll to. get to that. I mean, that's a must. Um, but I'm well. I mean, the, didn't know the Dolphins just lose to the Jets? They did. I mean, they, they didn't just lose to the Jets. They got their ass <laughs> yeah. handed to them. Yeah. So we'll yeah, get to let, that. Let's not pretend for one minute like anything's a gimme. For no. This. Well, so anyway, so I mean, I, I think they're going to be two and two heading into the bye. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about it now while we're doing this podcast and talking about Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's a good team. They're already three and zero. So I mean, they're going to have a good record. Uh, I, I, I think th- this whole season. You have to beat They have to beat Atlanta at least once if they're going to even have a chance uh, at making the playoffs this year. Um, so I mean, that's that's my whole thing. So I, I feel like that's awesome for the rivalry. It makes those games important. But uh, I mean, that, that's that's where I stand on this whole season. Well, yeah, because if they don't beat Atlanta, if they don't beat Atlanta at least once, that means they have to go ten and two in the other twelve games. Because they started 0-2, and I don't see that necessarily happening. Um, but Andrew, how do you how do you feel about them compared to last year? At this similar, uh, you know, I think last year I just felt like they were right there. You know, I mean, really against the Raiders, I thought they were fantastic. I mean, I, in the Raiders game, I thought it was great until the end and you know at the time we didn't know how good the Raiders were I mean we thought it was embarrassing to lose to the Raiders well it, it was you know, fine until bro bro it was really good the Raiders game was fine until bro broke yeah, his leg but that's but, that, but that's what I'm saying I mean during that game I was like man the Saints are playing really well I mean in the Giants game they kind of played awful like the fact that they were still around at the end was very fortunate I remember feeling but um you know at 0-2 I just kind of felt helpless I think it's hard to lose two games like that I think after two games this year, like I had, I had already written off the season. Like I, you know, I, I was fully expecting them. I was expecting them to play better against Carolina. Like so, you know, I, I think I remember saying on the podcast they were going to lose like 27-24 or something. I mean, I expected the Saints to lose, but I expected it to be close. I expected them to rebound. Um, what I didn't expect was Cam Newton to be so awful, and I, I definitely think that was a, a big part of why this game was so lopsided. But you know, I think the Saints have some talent on defense, and I think it's just a matter of when the light comes on. And I just, I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing. I think there's going to be a lot of peaks and valleys. I think you're going to still see some mistakes from Marcus Williams and Anzalone and some of those guys. But I just think the more reps they get and the more plays they get, they're going to build confidence. And I'm just hoping by the end of the season, this defense can maybe start to, you know, put a little more consistency together, kind of like. I don't know if you guys remember the Bucks last year, um, but you know, towards the end of the season, I think their defense really started to put it together, and they started playing really well every week, um, like those last six, seven, eight games or so. Um, so I think you just kind of have to hope it builds like that for the Saints. But the thing is, you just can't get in these holes early. Like you have to win these games that you're supposed to win, so that you have some margin. You know, I think it, when you go one and three or two and four, like you just you have no margin anymore, and you have to win out, out or yet close to to have any chance at the playoffs. And so, I think you know if, if they're going to make a run at the end of the season, if they get better, it's just so critical that they stay hovering around 500. You know, if they can get to three and three or four and three, and I just think that becomes more difficult if they lose to the Dolphins this week. So to me, that's why it's such a must win. Yeah, well, well, they kind of have to weather the storm of, of these young guys playing and, and getting better by having by setting themselves to still have a chance at the end of the season. If that makes sense. Yeah. All right. 
I got to remind the people again about third wave water. Do you ever wonder why the coffee you make at home never tastes as good as the coffee you buy at the coffee shop? Well, here's the secret. Coffee shops spend thousands of dollars to make the perfect water for coffee. And now for a little 10 cents a cup, you can duplicate the magic at home. Third wave water has a patent pending formula of minerals that when added to a gallon of distilled water makes coffee brewing magic. Recently at the U.S. Brewers Cup Championship, the first and second place finishers brewed their coffee with third wave water. Water. Check out their website, thirdwavewater.com, and use the promo code SAINTS for 10% off of your order. If you're going to order, order this week. Tell them they need to stick with the Saints Happy Hour podcast and sign up for the whole year. They're awesome, but we'd love to have them as a sponsor of the whole year. Thirdwavewater.com. Uh, all right, Dave. Uh, the Saints, they Seriously, had... pause this podcast and go pa- test it out. Pause right? it. Go use yep. the Saints code. We love to have a sponsor all year long. And then, then if you buy, go on Twitter and uh, tweet. Just try it once. Yeah, just, just try, try it once. once. Just try it once. And, and tweet at Third Wave Water. Be like, I bought Third Wave Water. Boom. From the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Uh, so well, What's the cost? It's pretty cheap, Yeah, right? it's like you can, they have like many. Ten cents a cup. Yeah, so you can you can buy like their lower package for like 12, 15 bucks. And, 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 and think of it and as like. And you get the discount. Yeah, and you get the discount so you're golden. So uh, if you want to, if you're thinking about donating, don't donate the podcast. Go to Third Wave Water and you, and it's like a donation, and you get, uh, get your coffee tasting awesome. Uh, so, Dave, uh, the Saints had rookies make plays all over the place. Hendrickson had a sack, and I like he's two more sacks from him, and and uh, Brian from Saints Nation gets to control my Twitter avatar for a week. All he has to do is get all he has to do is get two and a half sacks for the year, and he got one yesterday. So now that bet that bet's looking tenuous, Andrew. I was feeling rock solid about it. Now it's tenuous. So you had him, you had Marcus Williams making a pick, and you had Kamara scoring a touchdown. Who's going to be the Saints' best rookie, Dave, for the first half of the year? Not for the whole year, for the first half of the year. Who's going to be the Saints' best rookie? Uh, I, I would definitely say it's going to be. Uh... Probably Kamara. Um, he has the benefit of being on offense, which is, in general, always going to be more productive and and uh, always going to be the bell of the ball for the Saints. <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, you know, Lattimore, now he's missed some time. Hopefully, maybe he'll be back next yeah. week. But if not, not next week, then after that. Um, I don't, I you know, Trey Hendrickson, I, I think you're still pretty pretty good we'll see but uh i i just i just don't feel like this game against the panthers is you know the norm uh you think? <laughs> yeah I, I you know like i said i i think we're gonna i think the only thing that's gonna be consistent with this team is inconsistency and i think there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs and uh, so you, you just you have no idea which Saints team is going to show up from week to week. I think Andrew, who's going to be the first half rookie of the year for the Saints? Yeah, oof, oof. knowing that Lattimore uh, looked spectacular against New England. Yeah, I'm still I'm still going to say Lattimore. Uh, I'm going to say Lattimore comes back pretty quickly from his injuries. Maybe yeah. they hold him out this week because you know you have to go to London and they're not going to have access to like their facility and stuff and. They just probably don't want to risk it, but I still think at the end of the year it'll be Lattimore. So um, uh, I asked people to send us questions and recap the Saints win in um, uh, five words. Uh, Andrew, this was a question for you from Rob. Uh, actually, no, you, you asked. <laughs> Does this mean – because Darren Sproles got hurt yesterday horrifically. He broke his arm and he tore his knee. So – Andrew, is his wife's witchcraft skills diminished? I knew it. <laughs> I knew, knew we were going to have a question about that. I mean, I love Sproles, and I hate that this happened to him. It's terrible, but, you know, any any good witchcraft, any good curse would, would include longevity for her husband, which up until now has really worked well. Um, but, you know, I just have to think that, you know, he gets a double injury like this that knocks him out for the year. I, I mean, I'm just asking the question here. You know, is, is her magic starting to wear off a yeah, little bit? Yeah, it has. Actually, you know, on the on the same day, Kamara gets the big touchdown run. 
And, you know, kind of the, the Sproles replacement, finally we may have found one that's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. And the Saints win a game. You know, Cam Newton throws three, three picks. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that the, the, the Compton curse on Sunday was showing a little bit of a chink in the yeah. armor there. Now, everything has an expiration date. Patrick yeah. says, newfound hope, London to crush. Uh, Ogles says, amazing chance for crushing letdown. You people are negative. Jesus, man. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, ha, fuck you, Cam Newton. That's from Chris. I like that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, three interceptions never happening again. Uh, this is my favorite, maybe, Andrew. This is from Freddie. We shit in Cam Newton's hat. Uh, uh, this is from Matthew. Since we play the Dolphins this week, how about a drunk history on the 2006 Breeze free agent signing with your wife as a guest? That's a phenomenal idea. My wife. But my wife is pretending like the Dolphins don't even fucking exist. Like, she my is wife. just locked into the Astros uh, baseball, and she's like, the Dolphins? I don't give a fuck about them. Uh, do you do you think there's any chance she's rooting for the uh, Saints? Oh, totally. Like, is it- oh, totally. She she was disgusted with the Dolphins yesterday. She's like they're losing to. <laughs> she's like they're losing to the Jets. I'm like I'm like I said to her, I said why couldn't you save that for next week? She's like for real. Uh, let's play Cam every week. That's from Matthew. I like that one. Uh, I can watch TV again. Oh, this is a good question, Andrew. Will Chase Daniels have to run the victory formation for the rest of the season because Breeze won't take a knee? Um, I'm, I'm buying groceries, so I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check out. Oh yeah, I'll so, come back in like two minutes. Dave, Dave, would you answer that one? <laughs> Will Chase Daniel have to run the victory formation because Breeze won't take a knee? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even just. I'm not even answering. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. They're gonna have to bring the chase for three or four games when they're doing victory formation. Um, they didn't have to do it yesterday because they, they, uh, Carolina was playing horse balls and the Saints didn't get the ball back at the end. Uh, this is from Riker. 2012 D still sucks worse. I like that one, Riker. Um, uh, thank God Olson was out. Also good. Um, <laughs> Dave, are you a craw- are you a crawly truther? That's from Matt. So what 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 does that mean that I that I like, think, you think that means I think that Ken Crawley is awesome? Yeah, like you think Ken Crawley's awesome. The PJ. I don't think he's awesome. I don't I don't think he's going to be become like a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, but I think he might be better than Sterling Moore and Devontae Harris. The oh well, he's got to be better than Devontae Harris. Uh, the PJ Truthers were coming at me like White Walkers. Uh, coming for Wester, oh, yeah. well, coming for Westeros in get, the Game of Thrones, man. I don't, I, they I were they were out in full. They were show. out in full force as soon as he got that pick. Which, to be <laughs> fair, that pick was an awesome play. Like it wasn't like a tipped ball, and he just was like a random dude. Yeah, the no, play. it was it was, it, it was a good read. He, it was a re- he read it the whole way and and did it. And look, PJ Williams, like you know, my whole thing with him. On the it's not that I don't think he can potentially be good. I think he might be. He's he had a good grade coming out. A floor say he was a first round grade. He got the DUI and he and he dropped. My thing with PJ Williams is, yes, he's in his third year, but that dude's only played four games, including yesterday, and it's gonna take a little bit of time. And my thing was, he's he's practically a rookie. Like I know he has three years experience, but you still gotta play to get fucking better. That was my whole. Uh, that was my whole thing. Um, uh, so uh, how? Why, much, why is Jude shopping at ten thirty at night? Well, he's got kids, you know. You got to do what you got to do. How much <laughs> money did the Falcons give the refs yesterday? <laughs> you know, I was watching it, but I wasn't really paying attention. Why? Why was there the ten second runoff? What was the penalty? Because the thing is, if they review a play at the end of a game, and the clock should have. What been, was the call? What was the call on the field? The, the call was the field was he was short of the goal line. He was down, right? So, the, oh, so the clock. Okay. So if 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 they didn't review it right, the clock would have ran. So Detroit didn't have a timeout. So that rule is if they stop the clock and review the play. The feeling is 
they should have a runoff because you didn't have a timeout, and if you didn't have a timeout and we didn't review it, the clock would have still been running, and you wouldn't have got that playoff. So Detroit didn't have a timeout, so they got fucked. There was eight seconds left. They did the 10-second runoff. Good night. Uh, drive. Thanks for coming. Drive home safely. So that's why they got But screwed. it was a touchdown, though. But it was. But they reviewed it, and they reversed it, and they said it wasn't. That's what, you know? Um, so I, the call on the – what was the call on the field? A touchdown. They reversed it. I oh, thought you said it, that the call on the field was that it was short. No, the call so the call on the field was that it's a touchdown. But now, wait a minute. If it's a touchdown, isn't every touchdown reviewed? Yeah, that's what it was. Every touchdown is reviewed. They reviewed it. And well, why do you get a ten? That, that, no, no, no. If, if, if you do that for every touchdown, if you review every touchdown. Well, that, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that it was shitty. I'm just telling you that's the rule. And that's the rule. But that, that doesn't make sense. That rule, that rule absolutely does not make sense. You, you can't be explaining this right. There's no way. There's, if you, when, you, when any team scores a touchdown in any situation, they review the touchdown. So yeah. if they were just reviewing the touchdown, why would anybody be penalized for a 10-second Because runoff? it's the end of the game. At the last two minutes, the last two minutes of the game, they do a 10-second runoff if, they, if you do a play and, it's, and they, re, they review it and it was, and you know, it, and it should have been a running clock when they every every touchdown gets reviewed. The clock stops after a touchdown. But that's what I'm, that's what they're saying. It wasn't a touchdown, so the clock should have been running, right? So, oh, so, so, so the clock oh, should have oh, been oh. running. They they would have said oh. they would have said it should have been. It, they, the 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 theory is Detroit should have had fourth down. That clock should have been running. So we're going to take 10 seconds off the clock because it's not fair that that clock should have been running and the clock has now stopped and they get to line up and run a play. Detroit didn't have a timeout. Right. Detroit fucked themselves earlier by wasting a timeout. That kind of did them in. Uh, but I thought it, I thought, I thought it was too close to overturn. Um, but anyway, there's Aunt, there's Aunt Juge. He's back. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. So another five-second thing, all PJ Truthers Unite. Uh, I told Dave they came at me strong on Twitter, Andrew. They, did they? They did. They had to give. They had to give. Even I texted you. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did. They you were. Did. Com- they were coming at me, man. Um, so. Uh, I mean, he did. He did have uh, an incredible play on the pick. He also had horrific coverage later in the game. You know, so he, he's he's a work in progress. He's, all, he's not, like, you know. He's almost Let's put a down the anointing water. I know he made a good play, but like you know, he's got a ways to go. Um, uh, I don't know if you got. I know we mentioned Crawley, but one quick thing I've been meaning to say about him, um, you know, I know the reason he hasn't played is I think the Saints felt like okay, well, Lattimore and PJ are our starters, and Devonte, you know, we like what he can do in the slot, and we don't really feel like you know Crawley is an outside corner, you know, with his size and. We don't really feel like he's a good, you know, quick twitch nickel guy. So we don't want him in the slot. But I, I think now that we've seen, you know, what Devontae Harris looks like and, you know, Crawley has a game like that, I think moving forward, Lattimore and PJ, maybe they're still your starters. But I think when you get into the nickel packages, I think you just have to. I, I mean, I, I know that PJ has played nickel before in the slot and he can do it. Um, I'm sure Lattimore can. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if Crawley can only play outside, then that's where he needs to play when he comes in. And maybe he's still the third corner, but, you know, their package is basically kick him outside and kick one of the other guys inside when he comes in. But that's what they're going to have to do moving the, forward. Because the, answer, the, the answer to any question for the Saints defense is, what do we have to do to keep Devontae Harris off the field? And that's, yeah, what, and that's no, what we'll do. For sure. But, you know, like the old adage with offensive line, and, and Sean Payton has said this before, we're going to play the five best guys. So, you know, I mean, and it's been that way with Andres Pete and Sedino Calamete. It's like, hey, it's less about who, who's playing where, and it's more about getting our five best guys on the field. Well, I kind of think that applies right now with Ken Crowley. Like, yeah, it's not ideal that he's a backup and he can't really play the slot, but, you know, you need your best cover guys out there. And if it means you, it forces P.J. Williams or Lattimore into the slot in some instances, uh, then that's what it's got to be. Yeah. Do you think the Seahawks would trade Jimmy Graham for Bryce Harris? <laughs> well, considering that we just released Bryce Harris, if they really want him, they can just put a waiver claim. So, uh, um, <laughs> let's see. Do we let's see other uh, questions? 
They'd probably trade. They'd probably trade Graham for Calamete though. Oh, dude, I'd want a draft pick though. I'd want Graham and a draft pick because Graham's kind of banged up it, right it, now. Seriously, seriously, if if the Seahawks offered Graham for Calamete right now, you know, and it basically puts you know another hole on the offensive line for the Saints, you'd have to start like Landon Turner. No, I wouldn't do it. I think the Saints are fine. Like. Like, Fleener's fine at tight end. Like, I wouldn't... Offensive line... Realis- realistically, Graham is not coming back. I think there were too many bridges burned there. I don't think yeah, that's yeah. Uh Dave, how much better would the Saints offense be if AP was phased out and Kamara Ingram were featured? That's a good question. Um, I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'd f- like to see it. I feel like AP was okay. Let's find out. I feel like AP was okay yesterday, Andrew. And I feel did you? Did yeah, you? I feel no, like, interesting. I, I thought he was good. I, I, that yeah, yesterday was the first time I wasn't like yeah. And they ran. He's some... got no, he's got nothing left. But he still he doesn't have the burst. But he's powerful. Um, and you know if he if he gets he hasn't had one of these runs yet where he's kind of at the second level. But he can run over a corner. And then he can get 20, 25 yards. Yeah. He's still, he's so strong. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, they ran a couple plays. They ran, they had uh, Adrian Peterson in the single back, and they ran the, they had the three tight ends. And they ran a play fake to him, and like one of them slip screens to Josh Hill. It was magnificent. And it got called back on a penalty. So like they can still, like teams still fear Adrian Peterson. Maybe they shouldn't, but they still kind of do. So the Saints he, can he, the, the Peterson the the package that Sean Payton had when Brandon Coleman caught that touchdown, um, you know it was I think they they had three tight ends in or maybe two tight ends and it was a run look and Peterson's in the game and so you know teams are obviously thinking all right Peterson's in the game it's going to be a run and you know Coleman is the kind of the blocking receiver so the the formation was a huge tell that the ball was going to Peterson and Coleman got behind the corner corner and was just wide open for an easy touchdown so um you know, say what you will i mean part of it was the formation but the fact that peterson was in the game set up that touchdown perfectly so you know like you said the fact that he's even on the field teams respected and you know e- even if he's not touching the ball it's making an impact on the game so all right so we haven't touched on the anthem uh Bruhaha nonsense and all—it's not nonsense, but it's just—it's crazy. And we're going to touch on it now before we get to the prediction of the game. And here's my only thing with the anthem: is uh, if you were one of these people, and I kind of was too, is like stick to sports. I don't want politics in my sports, and, and just try to keep it out. I just want to escape into my sports and not worry about politics. If you were one of those people, dude, when Trump did what he did on Friday night, that was like a nuclear bomb on stick to sports. Stick to sports is. Dead and gone forever, and you just have to adjust your life because the anthem, who sits, stands, kneels, it's going to be like 60% of all pregame shows for the next 14 weeks, and you're just going to have to fucking adjust your life accordingly because Trump just – it was about yeah, to – Yeah, if you, if you can't deal, then maybe you should stop watching. Well, not, not, you can watch the games. Just pregame and postgame is going to drive you nuts. But here's the thing. Like, I feel like, Andrew, like we were almost done with it. Like – the only time it was going to come back up is when a quarterback got hurt and the teams were people were going to be like, you should, you should sign Kaepernick because the backup quarterback sucks. And you're like the Colts where they have Scott Colzine playing, you know, and you need to sign Kaepernick. And it would have come up then. But besides that, it wasn't going to be an issue and it was almost done. And Trump just like walked out and like threw seven gallons of gasoline on it and like yeah. reignited it. Um, yeah. that, that's my only thing. So, so your thoughts on it before we get to the game predictions. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, I, I think it's tough because I think from both sides, you know, everyone has a different perspective. And I think it's easy to get to a place where, you know, you're uh, you're judging others and, you know, there's only one side and it's either, you know, you're, you're either you're behind us or you're against us. And and, you know, there, there's no middle ground. But, you know, listen, I, I think, first of all, we're, we're not. We're not black, you know. We didn't yeah. grow up in, in poor neighborhoods, and we, we haven't been oppressed by racism, and we don't live that every day. And I, I mean, I have an idea what that's like, but I, I don't know what it's like. And so, you know, I think for them to want to raise awareness and, and to do it this way, um, you know, Scott Fujita kind of had, I think, an insightful comment that, you know, yes, 
in some ways it's controversial and, and some people think it's offensive um, to kneel during the anthem or whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's less offensive to those people than what they have to go through. And, and so I think when you look at it through that lens and their, their perspective, trying to put yourself in their shoes, I don't see how you can judge them. You know, on, on the other hand side, I mean, I don't think you can judge Drew Brees. I mean, I, I was seeing him getting murdered on Twitter by people just for, you know, having his beliefs. And look, he's a guy that cares greatly about the military, has a ton of family. And, you know, listen, I, I know he, he's white and he's privileged and, uh, you know, he's got a different perspective. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that cares a lot about the flag and he cares a lot about the anthem. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean he's racist. It doesn't mean that he doesn't think that the, the cause is, is justified. Um, just, you know, it's just a method. And, you know, I, I think it's like religion, you know, or any anything else. You know, you can't judge someone based on their, their beliefs. And I, I think it was total bullshit that, that Breeze was getting called out and criticized um, on the other side. So, you know, I, I think it's all about respecting people's views. And, and uh, you know, we're going to defer. We're going to have different perspectives on it. And that's just what it is. Dave, your thoughts? I, I think it's good. I, I think it's good that the conversation's happening, though. Yeah, Dave, your thoughts on it. And then we'll... Well, what, what, what conversation is happening, Andrew? I mean, well, I, I will say this. I, I think the, the, the waters are getting murkied. And I think it, the fact that it's been done during the anthem and that the fact that it's disrespectful to the flag, I think has really distracted us from the whole point of why they're doing this. And so I do think the conversation is somewhat confused and, and, you know, while I think they, they wanted it to be shocking and provoking so that it would get attention, um, I think in some ways it's backfired maybe a little bit because, and you know, they, all, all, all the side stuff. And they're not um, really... Which confuses the issue. They're, or, they're, they're not really organized in a sense of each team will decide whether they want to sit or stand. But they don't, like, they don't have, like, an overarching message where, like, all the people that say kneel for the anthem with the Steelers and kneel with it. They don't all say the same thing. Like it's different. It's different. I'm, I'm kneeling for the social justice. I'm kneeling for the, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. resonate. Cause it's like, they're not, they're not organized and they don't like, they need to like have a meeting and like get on the same page and like say like when the media ask you, like, this is what you need to say, but like they can't agree. Maybe they couldn't agree. Um, but here's the thing, like um, the one thing that bothers me and and then we'll move on to some of this, is, like, a lot of the sports talking heads, like, these football talking heads, they are not equipped to talk about politics well. Some of them do it well, like Ryan Clark, I saw him do it today, he did it really well, but other people are just fucking terrible at it. Like, they don't, yeah. know, they, like, they, they, they're just not good at it. They're ma- and, and look, a lot of people, how many people do you know that are, can, can talk about six and seven different subjects really well? I can't. You know, so I think that's yeah. what that's what bothers me. Like you see these pregame shows and you see these guys, you're like, what are you saying? You're not even like you're not even making fucking sense. Like some people yeah. need to not talk about this. Like some people, some people just need to stick to the games. No, not, you're right. Not because right. not because I'm not saying you certain people need to stick to the games because the issue's not important. They need to stick to the games because they can't articulate what this this means and what it can be and all that they just can't do it well and that's what drives me nuts about the pregame show like i would say like three or four of the people on espn should have just shut the fuck up like they just didn't need to be talking about it because they weren't good at articulating it and it wasn't it wasn't a position or race it was it was it was white guys it was like they're just not they're just not good at like like rex ryan like or uh rob yeah rex ryan he wasn't really that great at it like he just, you know, he just kind of mumbled that like supported Trump, blah, blah blah. Like it just wasn't great. But anyway, all I'm saying is get used to it because it ain't going away now. You're just gonna have to. You just thanks, gonna... Ob- thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um. So look, the Saints for the first time this year, Dave. They're going to London. They are the road team. Uh, it's an 8:30 a.m. kickoff. Uh, oh, yeah. but God, they, that's so weird. Central or Eastern? Are we excited about that? Uh, Central, I, your time. I am not. I am not. I, I was working on my We're channel. having breakfast. We're going to have breakfast. I said, that in my, I said that in my channel for nice. column. I am not. I, yeah. I, I don't really like, I'm not a big Bloody Mary guy. And yeah, I was going to say, are you guys m- more mimosa or Bloody Mary? I'm going to I'm more mimosa guy. So it's going to, yeah, that's the way to go. Be. 
But here's the thing. Like, I like to fire up the grill and eat horrible food. I'm not – I just – I'm not – feeling this 8.30 kickoff, Dave, but the Saints are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and the Dolphins are a fucking mess. So, I mean, they are. They're, 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 their line is a mess. They're missing receivers. Their secondary is – their secondary is probably – it's pretty close to as bad a shape as the Saints, maybe worse, because they, they lost a bunch of corners in the preseason, too, and, and the first week or so. So, so I mean, they are – they're they're kind of a mess, and they haven't been home. The hurricane, they got all that going against them. So, but they're a two and a half point. The Saints are a two and a half point favorite. Dave, your thoughts on the morning kickoff, and then your prediction for the game. Uh, well, you know, if I was like twenty six, if I was ten years younger, oh, I'd be yeah. really, I, I'd be really pissed off about this early kickoff. But uh, now that I'm older and I have two kids, and by eight thirty, I'll already have been up for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, it's fine. At least, it's actually, at le- if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually good because it, you know, it, 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 it yeah, I don't know whether you guys feel this way, but you know, when you wake up that early with your kids or whatever, there's that period of time of, of two and a half, three, four hours or whatever that you just on the weekends where they're not going to school, where you just have to like find shit to do until like <laughs> the rest, the, until the until the rest of the city wakes up and opens their businesses at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, so this is good because this is at eight thirty. So this, this fills that void very nicely. And, you know, you wake up and okay. Yeah, hey, the let, Saints let's, game let's is be on. honest here, Dave. It's not like the kids. I mean, maybe your son, my son, you know, is definitely watching it and maybe your son is too, but like, it's not like the kids are really into the Saints game. It's not like they're like no, right, hanging correct. on every second. So, Really, what but they but they know they have to leave me alone for three minutes. No, right, right. There's now a <laughs> built-in convenient excuse for you to check out while it's understood that your wife deals with the kids. See, I can't check. That's exactly really it. what's going on. I here. can't. That's exactly. I don't really check out with my kid. It. I have to. I have to. I have to entertain him and watch the Saints game. But I've got some things that he really li- that he likes to do. Like I throw the sheet over. Sounds it. like sounds like an iPad day. It's an It's a little bit of iPad, but I feel like I can't. I can't give him an iPad for three hours so i like throw the sheet over his head and he gets he likes that <laughs> and um you know i put him in i put him in the little buggy and I, i'm going around in a circle he's got the he's got the thing where he can spin himself in a circle so he has some stuff to do but so dave what's your prediction on the game though As we, give um, out, we give out horrible parenting tips <laughs> anyway so you know I, I think we're gonna have we were gonna invite some people over maybe other people that have kids or whatever uh, uh and Maybe cook breakfast, but I don't even know if we're doing that anymore. I think it would just be us. But uh, prediction for the game: definitely Saints. Uh, Saints ought to win this one. You know, as, assuming they play as w- even remotely close to as well that, as they did this past weekend. Um, uh, you know, and, and like you like you've said before, the the Dolphins are kind of a mess. I was listening to WWL this afternoon on the way home, and they had their beat writer as a guest. Uh, with Bobby and Deke, and he was <laughs> he, he, he he did not have a lot of nice nice things to say. Um, I mean, they even, got, the they got even the possibility, even the possibility of Matt of Matt Moore. I mean, there was even the possibility oh. of Matt Moore maybe even coming in because uh, apparently, um, well, who's the coach? Adam Gase. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he said you know they're going to make some personnel changes, so they're going to be shuffling stuff around, trying to trying to figure out what they're going to do. So, um, you know, I'll say, uh, I'm going to say saints 29. Ooh, that's a weird number. I know. Uh, and, uh, dolphins 17. Right. Who's the win? Who's the MVP? And so another kind of comfortable, like what? So five minutes left in the first quarter in the fourth quarter. And we'll know the game's already in the bag. Hopefully like last week. Hopefully, oh, yeah. God, that'd be beautiful. Um, and uh, oh, what the hell? I'll say, uh, I'll say Willie Sneed. Oh, yeah. God damn it! You stole my guy. <laughs> so, Andrew, what do you got? What do you? What do you? God. <laughs> I thought I was going to sound so smart. Yeah. Like, I thought you guys had forgotten. That I had for- back, I and had I was going to for- drop that. I had forgotten about Sneed until today. Damn you. But Damn uh, you, Andrew, your th- um, thoughts on the eight thirty kickoff, and then your I love going first. 
prediction of the game? Um, I'm good with 8.30, honestly. Um, you know, I just feel like it's different. And, you know, I, I kind of – I'm always up for a change of the routine. And I, I just – I'll be honest. I just don't like the night games uh, anymore. I mean, the, the advantage of the night games, Dave, I think you'll agree, is that your kids are asleep. So you can really focus on the game without distractions. I mean, my kids know, like, same <laughs> time is, is, is daddy time. Stay away. <laughs> But um, but still, you know, I think there's there's um, yeah, night games are nice for that. But like, you know, for bedtime, man, I just I, I can't stay up that late anymore. And, um, you know, just now, now that I'm not doing the grades anymore, it might I might start to enjoy night games. I again. think you but, will. Yeah, you know, I, I used to felt I used to feel so much pressure to do those grades. So I'd stay up and I'd you know, I'd be going to bed at three. Oh, my and, God. And then and, and then I'd go to work, you know, at eight, you know, so I'd get, you know, night games are always terrible for sleep. But Jesus, maybe I like them more now. But anyway, I just think I basically feel like when I wake up on Sundays, you know, it's like 7 a.m. And I'm like, all right. You know, here, here in Virginia, the games start at one o'clock. So, I basically have what, like six hours to kill before the Saints game. I'm basically biding my time. I'm like thinking about the Saints game, excited about it. And I'm like, how, how, do, how am I gonna kill five. get past these next, yeah, these next six hours until the game's here? So, you know, the fact that I'll be able to wake up at seven, uh, it's usually about when my kids wake up, and um, you know, basically, I'll have a couple hours before the game goes on. Um, I don't know. That's just, that's an exciting prospect. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, as far as and, and then I have the rest of the day, right? So like once the game ends, you know, that's the other thing. When the games end at four o'clock, you know, it's like an an hour and a half till dinner, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then your day is kind of killed. So you know, this game will be over like around twelve thirty, around lunchtime for me, and then I'll have the rest of the day to do whatever I want, which is kind of nice. So. Um, as far as the game's concerned, um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the defense maybe comes back down to reality a little bit. Um, I think Cutler is going to surprise us, mostly because the Saints' defense is still pretty spotty. Um, you know, they didn't play well against the Jets, but let's not forget they have Jay Ajahi, who's a great running back. You know, their receivers are pretty scary. You get Devontae Parker. Um, I think Kenny Stills, you know, is probably going to score a couple touchdowns against us, let's be honest. <laughs> and um you know and, and Jarvis Landry so uh, you know this the offense has playmakers um I'm gonna say 38-34 it's gonna be a shootout um I was gonna say Willie Sneed but Dave is Stole your a dick so uh, I, I'm gonna go with Mark Ingram I think Mark Ingram is gonna have over 100 yards I think he's gonna have two big runs we'll say over 100 yards and two touchdowns for Ingram um, and, uh, yeah, Saints win a shootout 38, yeah. 34. So we won't feel great cause the defense is kind of back down to earth, but fuck you. I feel awesome. That, yeah. We'll just like, you know what? Two and two. two and two. I'll take it. Two yeah. and two means they go into October for the first time since 2013 with their season, not staring into the abyss. Yeah. God, I would take, I'll take, I'll take the giant game 52 49 from a couple of years ago. I don't care. I do. I do think Willie Sneed is going to have a good game though. And he, here's the main reason why I think he's been missing practice. So, you know, I think that might be the challenge with getting, you know, the practice time in, especially since they're not going to be in new Orleans and, you know, can, can he acclimate to the game plan quickly? Yeah. But if yeah. there's one thing Sean Payton loves, it's, he knows that there's not going to be any tape on Snead this year. And so they're going to have to go back to tape from last year to watch Snead and what the yeah. offense did with him. But it's completely different now because they have Kamara and they have Peterson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the offense is just different. So um, I think he, Sean Payton is going to find creative ways to get Snead involved, and they're not going to expect it because it's not on tape. And I, I think he's going to have the element of surprise and, you know, with the lack of preparation for the Dolphins, um, and I think he's going to use that to his advantage. Yeah. Uh, uh, side note, my wife is going to murder, kill the entire Rangers team. The pitcher just hit Altuve in the wrist, and he got taken out. My wife. My wife. Uh, and she was, like, throwing shit around. It'd be the it's, it'd be, it, If you don't follow baseball, that'd be, like, the equivalent of the Saints being 13-2 and two and Breeze getting injured the last week of the year. That's that because, 
Because because the opponents are going full Greg Williams on him. Yeah, probably because the Rangers hate the Astros. Uh, so uh, this game, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the 8:30 kickoff. I'm I'm gonna have to do mimosas and so, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll be up, so I'm gonna make some exotic breakfast item like f- cream cheese stuffed French toast or some shit like that. Oh wow. Um, so I'm gonna do Thank that. You. It's gonna be fun though, cause my mom, my my my, my wife is uh, my going, wife. is going out of town for uh, she's running a wedding in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, so my wife, my, my, so my wife is gone. My mom is my coming. To, my, my mom is coming. My to help wife. Me. My mom is coming to help me with Max. Uh, and so she, my mom will be here for the game. So that'll be fun. My mom. My mom. So it, so it'll be fun. Um, so I'm gonna say, look, the Saints haven't turned the ball over in three games. That shit's not gonna last. Like, That's amazing. That, you know, like it's the first time Drew Brees has gone like three games thanks, without. Thanks, Luke Keekley. Yeah, thanks, Luke. So that's not going to last. So the Saints are going to turn the ball over, but it doesn't necessarily mean they'll lose. I mean, they, if they, they, if it's even, or they can still win the turnover battle, like two, oh, two God. to one. Don't don't tell me this is one of the biannual Drew Brees turnover. Binge no, games. it's not going to be. It's not going to be a turnover binge game, but it's going to be clunky. Like the Saints, they're going to have a turnover, which will help Miami, and their defense is going to be. It's it's not going to be as good as it's was against Carolina, but it's not going to be as bad as New England. It's going to be like a mix. It's going to be like some good and some really fucking awful all mixed in. But Will Lutz will bail the Saints you know, out. You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cutler hasn't had a real turnover bench game either. No, yet. he has not. He's, he's kind of doing. We as need well. to give. We need to give. London needs to experience the. I don't give a fuck. I just threw three interceptions. Face from Jay Cutler. Like we really need to see that. Um, or like they put in Matt Moore. Smoking Jay. They put in Matt Moore and, and, and Cutler is on the sideline, like looking like he could give less of a smoking fuck. Smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette and he could give less of a fuck that they just pulled him out of the game. Um, but I'm going to say Saints 30, Dolphins 27. Will Lutz is going to bang one in from like 40 something yards and the Saints will get to 2-2 two and two and will feel phenomenal. Uh, your MVP is going to be Brandon Coleman is going to score twice and he's going to do the, uh, 1968 Olympic homage fist in the air celebration two more times. And it's going to drive a certain segment of the saints fan population totally fucking batshit insane. They won't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, the, the black, the black power salute has kind of been way under the radar by yeah, it is and it, it, i feel like coleman i mean he got totally got away with that because of everything else that's going on like people are just picking what what they're deciding to be pissed off about yeah. you know they're kind of cherry picking but like i don't know i, I mean it doesn't offend me or anything it doesn't just, offend me I, I, I was surprised that like that kind of just it happened slid under the radar anything. you know what brandon yeah. if you score three times and you do it three times on the game that all of america will be watching next sunday morning it'll get noticed and I am here. Well, I, you know, I am I mean, here for it. He, he can, he can do it. He can do it every time the Saints get a first down. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I, I am, I am for it, Brandon. You, you knock yourself out. Um, so I'm going to say that thirty to twenty-seven Saints, two and two, and they have the bye week. So you can, we can enjoy if the Saint when the Saints win, we'll get to enjoy two straight weeks of uncontrolled uh, delusional optimism of two and two. So that's it. So that wraps up the podcast. Uh, Go to Third Wave Water and purchase some water. Use the code Saints and tell them to be a sponsor the rest of the year. Uh, You can find Dave and Andrew and me on the Twitters uh, talking about the Saints. Uh, So until next week, the bar is closed.